Thank you, God. If you um, have a Bible, then turn to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians, if you don't know where it is, look up in the index. If not, head for the back and come back a bit. If you've only got a New Testament, head to the back and come back a lot. There we go. There's my best advice. So Galatians chapter 6, and by all means, just put like a finger in it for a minute. Some, you know, like one of them. I want you to just consider the, the shape and the sum of your life as it is right now. Today, this morning, as your life is. You will have things in your life which you consider to be good things. You will have things in your life which you consider to be challenging. But the point is this. You right now are reaping, I too, we are reaping whatever we said and did yesterday. We reap today what we sowed yesterday. Now, some of you would say, well, hang on a minute, Chris, there's stuff that's happened to me in my life that's not my fault, uh, etc. Absolutely. The enemy comes and sows weeds in our garden too. Nevertheless, we have authority over those weeds and things. We were not really going into that this morning. The point is this. Today, we are reaping what we sowed yesterday and the day before and the day before and the day before that. We are continually sowing in our lives and reaping. Even our words are seeds. So just consider the things you've been saying about yourself, about situations. Oh, that's just impossible. Okay, well, well done. That seed's just gone in the ground and we all say it, right? And that, that seed is going to germinate in the ground and it's going to grow up into fully formed thought. I don't know how this works. And so Galatians 6 says this. This is verse 7. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Don't ever think that this isn't true. Don't let anyone hoodwink you. This is the truth. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. People reap what they sow. Okay, Paul, can you just make that a bit clear? Um, I feel like you're just using woolly language, not really quite sure what you mean. Oh, okay. those who sow to please their nature, from that nature will reap destruction. Those who sow to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary then in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Now, I'm now going to read this at uh, the same from the Passion. That was NIV. Uh, Passion translation says this. Make no mistake about it. God will never be mocked. For what you plant will always be the very thing that you harvest. 
The harvest you reap reveals the seed that was planted. Now, I'm not a gardener. If I need proper, decent gardening advice, um, I ask my mum, my mother-in-law, my stepmom, or Dave Rowe. They're my go-tos. Um, I sent Dave a picture recently. I said, what am I supposed to do with this? Ah, oh, wait, then chop it off. Brilliant. That's the kind of advice I like. I like it. But I do know this. I do know this. If I see an apple tree, at some point, at some point, it's going to have been an apple seed that was planted. I know this is deep. We were going really deep this morning. Okay, let's go again. So if I see a strawberry plant and it's producing strawberries, I know that at some point, what's planted? Come on, you can do this. Come on. And this is what Paul is saying. Well, what you plant will always be the very thing you harvest. Can you imagine? It's a, this is nature. We're talking about nature here. Can you imagine if you planted an um, apple, planted an apple seed, essentially in the ground? Can you imagine how freaked out you would be if, when that grew up, it was a peach tree? be pretty freaked out, right? Because like, well, hang on a minute. How can I possibly get a peach tree from an apple seed? I can't. It's impossible. God has said it's impossible. He's written it into the laws of nature. And Paul is saying, duh, you can't you can't take the mick out of God. You can't deceive yourselves and think that you can go around planting apple seeds and reap peach trees. He says, if you plant apple seeds, you're going to get apple trees. Now, if you want apple trees, rock on. Sort yourself out. Go for it. Plant a load of apple trees, uh, apple seeds, if you want apple trees. And this is what he's saying. Make no mistake about it. God will never be mocked. Whatever you plant will always be the thing you harvest. And then he says it again the other way around. The harvest you reap reveals the seed that was planted. If you plant the corrupt seeds of self-life into this natural realm, you can expect to experience a harvest of corruption. If you plant the good seeds of spirit life, you will reap the beautiful fruits that grow from the everlasting life of the spirit. So, part one, done. Whatever you sow, that is what you reap. King James Version, whatsoever a man soweth, that also shall he reapeth. Indeed, that well-known word. We should make a comeback, honestly, reapeth. Whatsoever. So therefore, as you look at your life today, Some of what you're seeing, a lot of what you're seeing in your life, you are seeing the harvest of what you sowed yesterday, what you sowed last year. Because you can't break that law. God says, whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. So here's the thing. And this is the point. 
How many people here, we'll do this by a show of hands. How many people here, if I asked you, would you like a better relationship with God that feels more vibrant, more alive, you're walking in more miracles, you're walking in more fruit, blah, blah, all, all the stuff, you, you add in anything you want to there. If I said to you, how many of you would like one of those? Can you just put your hand up if you'd like one of those? Oh, so I nearly forgot. I'm assuming that's a yes from Ruth. She's thinking about something else. But okay, yeah, yeah, that's, 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 that's pretty much all of us. I'm going to be really blunt with you, and I'm being blunt with myself. The quality of my relationship with God right now is based on what I've been sowing. How connected, intimate, active, fruitful, meaningful, how like this I feel with God started over here. Now, it actually started with previous generations. We're not going into that today. It starts over here. Any person who does any worship leading or anything like that, they will know this. You cannot live a life during the week where you barely think about God, barely give him any attention, never get your nose in the Bible, never lend, lend your ear to the Spirit, never really engage in any singing or any worship or anything, and then you turn up on a Sunday and you stand behind the keys or with a guitar or whatever, and oh, you're like, yeah, I'm all over the place. I'm all over the place. Yeah, that's because all week, all week, we've just been sowing distraction. And it's not about performance up there. That's, that's not the point. Your relationship with God right now is your fault. You can take that how you want to take that. You have got the relationship with God that you have been sowing. I have got the relationship with God that I have been sowing. So if I want a better relationship with God, what I need to do is I need to come here on a Sunday and then I need to wait for professional Christians to spoon feed me like I'm still only two years old. The only reason, the only reason we, we have a platform at all is to make it more visible for the cameras and to make it more, it's to do with visibility. Because there is something about, there is something of this that what, when we do leave here, we probably, we will have to probably dismantle it, I mean, it would be my guess. I, I would love just five minutes with a sledgehammer for the stage. I have no issue with the stage. Hear me out. I have no issue with the, it's, it. It's wood and it's carpet, right? And it's got holes and it's got tech underneath. You know, it's, it's all good. It's, it's cool. I have no issue with it. But I do have an issue when 
it becomes a crutch that doesn't get people to Jesus, the people who stand on there, but instead we come in and we wait like this. Like Vic went to the Abba, what's it called? Abba something. Voyage. Voyage. Uh, Vic went to Abba Voyage last night. Absolutely. She's paid her money. She goes in. I don't know whether there was a warm-up tribute type act thing beforehand or not. doesn't really matter. The point is, we're all waiting. Come on then. I've paid my money. When's the entertainment starting? And we can come in here and think, I paid my money. I do mine by standing order, even, as requested. I paid my money. So come on. Start the entertainment. Well, the band don't really seem up for it this morning. My goodness me, I might ask for my money back. I mean, a few years ago, we stopped donuts. That was uproar. <laughs> we changed the cookies. We had someone complain the cookies were too big. You know, like, well, go and buy some that are the right size for you. I've told you before, a few weeks ago, um, the lectern here was smashed, smashed in two, the perspex on the lectern. Oh, yeah, I noticed, oh, yeah. Um, and not this one, this is the table. Uh, but the perspexy thing that had the silver leg, yeah? Do you remember it, yeah? yeah. The pers- okay, it got smashed in two. And we, we looked on the cameras and couldn't find out how on earth it got smashed in two. No one's ever fessed up to it, but it got smashed in two. And there's something symbolic about it, where we went back to the, I went back to the pastors, really, mainly, and I just said, I think God might be speaking through this. And it's like, we sense that God is saying, I'm absolutely here right now, this, my role in this, in this particular moment is to help steer I can't steer something that's not moving. I can't do it for you. And I can't expect you to do it for me. It's a bit cliche, but if I don't come here prayed up, praised up, if I don't live my life prayed up and praised up, I can't wait to bump into one of you. It's okay that you encourage me, like if I bump into you and you say, oh, can I pray for you or something? You know, great, cool. My relationship with God is my responsibility entirely my responsibility and it's based on what I did yesterday what I did last week what I did last month what I did last year and it's all based around my priorities so this here if we're not careful This platform and the lectern that was here, they become altars to an unknown God. They become altars to a God that isn't God. Because I come in and I wait. I wait to be entertained. Or, if you don't like that, I wait to be entertained. Does that seem more godly? I wait to be entertained. I wait to be entertained. I'm looking around for my friend. 
Oh gosh, I've scraped in only five minutes late today. I'm doing really well. I don't know. It's just, it's like this hard truth. And do you know why I'm telling you this? The reason I'm talking on this today is because this is what God is dealing with me over. I've got to stop expecting other people to get me into the place with God where I want to be. It's no one else's responsibility. I've been given, given everything I need for life and godliness, according to 2 Peter. I've got everything I need. My relationship with God is my responsibility. So how about, what would it look like in here, on a Sunday, on a Saturday night church, doesn't matter, doesn't matter, when you come in, if you are, it's okay that we sometimes feel discouraged, all those things, of course, of course. I mean, dear God, let us never get into performance of I have to put on my Sunday best sequin jacket's fine, but like, I have to pretend I'm okay. If you're not okay, you're not okay. And people are here to help. Do you know, sometimes, here's the thing, I'm not okay. This is all normal, right? We all are, I'm also not okay. Chris sometimes isn't okay. Nick sometimes isn't okay. All of us, we just are sometimes like, I'm just, it's just naff at the moment. Or I'm just tired or, or, or I'm just battling through some stuff. And that's okay. And you come and hang out with people, of course, can encourage you. I sometimes feel encouraged when I come in here um, and I want to just express my love for God in, in worship and singing. And, and I, I tend to be at the front because of just accessibility. Um, and I can hear a hundred voices behind me, 200 voices behind me who are just getting crazy for Jesus. Like, who that, who, what is the matter with you if that doesn't encourage you? You know, like, of course I'm encouraged by it. That's amazing. So this is, this is like confessions of a pastor, right? So during sabbatical, I'll put the Bible down. But during, during sabbatical, um, I had a long conversation with God about my relationship with him. And um, he gave me this list of stuff that he wanted me to, that he, he wanted to chat with me about. Um, I added a few things to the list. I thought, well, fair's fair, you know, in this meeting, can I bring up some issues as well? Uh, just, you know. Uh, and so over the period of the two months of sabbatical, he and I went back and forth over a few issues that we just needed to iron out, a few, few things. Um, and one of the challenges that I was facing was how to do a life with him that didn't keep me being pulled into other things. Now, we have a joke, Chris Tatton and I, because he still hasn't got a job description after all these years, because every time he goes to write it, he ends up doing something that he's never done before. Like, he was here earlier in the week pulling the bike shelter off the road into the car park. Yesterday, he was here and we were mopping up all the water upstairs and removing ceiling tiles. And like, Chris's job description is about, currently on about 19 pages. You know, I mean, it's like, we keep, ah, we keep going to sign it off, and it's, it's another job and another job, and it's a bit of a joke. And all those things that Chris has to do, obviously, I, I will have equivalents. 
And this last week has honestly been no exception. I've been pulled into so many things, and many of those things have been legitimate. So, during sabbatical, I said to God, how do I find a way to make sure I prioritize you? Like, Because if, if I can sit with you, and if I can drop myself back into the ring that you sit in for the um, lazy river, if I can do that, and stay in that ring, then it's okay that that ring might take me to, it's now time to suck up a load of water upstairs and take ceiling tiles out, that kind of thing, right? And God said to me, really clearly, Chris, stop stressing over it. Stop getting anxious over it. I'm asking of you, this is personal to me. Do not take this for yourself unless God is speaking to you. God said to me, Chris, I need two hours a day from you, one-to-one time. That's what he asked of me. I'm not putting that on anybody here. That's me. I was really good at first. <laughs> I was good. And we hung out together, Jesus and me. It was lovely. Some of you might be thinking, Two hours, what on earth do you find to do in two hours? That's a great question. So what I did was make a list of stuff I could do because it just helps my brain. So sometimes I don't need a list. Other times the list really helps me. So I will make, in that time, I will do some declarations, a bit like Nick spoke about. I will pray for people and situations. I will sit there singing and worshipping. Sometimes I will read the Bible. And I always read the Bible the same way. God, show me yourself. Holy Spirit, speak to me. Show me, show me, show me. Come on. And I will read it until something pings off the page. Sometimes I read one paragraph. Sometimes I read one verse. Sometimes I have to read about five or six pages. It's all good. There are all kinds of things I do. I journal in that time. I reflect on previous things that have happened. I I go back to prophetic words over me and I say, God, where are we at with this one? Is this still like a real thing? Have I missed this? Or come on, God, I want to see this happen. What do I need to do to cooperate with this? That kind of thing. Sometimes I just sit there like a blob and it doesn't feel at all spiritual and I give a little sigh and I leave. I do not do my two hours in one go. Far too long for the way I work. God told me really clearly, Chris, you sow that, you sow that every day, we'll be fine. Some people might not need two hours because people's brains and lives and things work different ways. What is true is when I sow the time for two hours, and believe me, the competition for that two hours is fierce. Doesn't matter where in the day I put it, other than like 5 a.m., 6 a.m., other than that, the competition for that time is ridiculous. When I'm not good at it, this is how the conversation has gone with God probably 20 times since my sabbatical. I'm over here, and I say to God, God, I'm just missing you. 
I just wish I felt closer to you. Just come, Holy Spirit. I, I want to know you more. Just, God, it just feels hard with you at the moment, God. I know you're there. Like I know you're good. I declare you're good. You are good. You're so kind. You're so faithful. I thank you for everything I have in my life. And God says, Yeah, no, you're right. You're right, God. And I work it out, and I think, well, Monday, Monday, Monday wasn't too bad. I mean, hour and a half Monday. I, mean, I did pretty well. It's quite focused. Tuesday, no, some, some stuff happened, and uh, yeah, the diary just took over, and I don't know, I, I, I probably squeezed in 20 minutes at some point. I mean, but I did pray in the car as I was going to that thing. So, I mean, does praying in the car count, God? He's like, Mm, son, you're asking the wrong question. What can you get away with? What, what counts? Uh, but yeah, okay. Uh, Wednesday, well, yeah, no, I, that's right. I had a terrible head. So yeah, about 40 minutes. Um, oh, here I am, God. Yeah. All I'm doing is reaping what I've sown. You don't have to spend two I'm not telling anyone what to do. That's not what I'm saying. But we will reap what we've sown. If I sow in faith, I will reap in faith. If I sow in doubt, I will reap in doubt. If I sow in time with him and intimacy with him, I will reap in intimacy with him. It's just not rocket science. It's like the simplest talk ever. Whatever you sow in your relationship with God, you'll reap it. If you want more of him... Go and get more of him. He's right there. Chris, are you listening to me? Yes, I am listening, Chris. He's right there. Oh, I don't feel your presence, God. Well, your pres- we just want your presence to come. God, I need to feel your presence. And yet you go back to Psalm 139 and it says, where can I go from your presence? I can't escape your presence. If I go up to the heights, you're there. If I go down to the depths, you're there. If I go to the furthest edge of the furthest sea, your presence is there. God's like, that's because I'm here all the time. You just got to give me your attention. That's all. Just, that's why I have to do that thing. This for me. This is the way it works for me. I have to give him my focus. If not, my focus goes off to lots of other things. And I end up populating a to-do list more than I populate my journal. Because these things come into, oh, yeah, still haven't rung that person. Oh, yeah, no, we have got to do that. And you end up just like, and then that goes in, and then something pings up. And you're like, oh, what do they want? Oh, no, what? Oh, gosh, really? Oh, I better message them back. No, I was supposed to. And the time just slips away. And all he's asking for is my attention long enough to position myself in the river. That's all I need to do. It takes me a long while, it would seem. And that's cool. And bless you, if you can do it in five minutes, great, honestly. And I then start, this is what the enemy does. So I, this really is confessions of a pastor. This is what the enemy then does to me and whispers in my ear. Call yourself a pastor. That's number one. That's his big one. Call yourself a pastor. What, you want to see, see revival come and you've managed half an hour? 
You know what the prophetic words are that have been spoken over you and over Numa. You know that God wants to build on you. Rubbish. As if you're going to be able to shoulder anything of God's anointing if that's all you're going to give him. And you know, it was um, it's about one of the only literary quotes I know. Uh, Tennyson, he says that a lie which is all a lie can be met and fought with outright. If God says, if the enemy says, you're a banana, you're like, whatever, I'm clearly not. Well, no, I'm not, I'm not, okay, I'm not. <laughs> a lie which is all a lie can be met and fought with outright, but a lie which is part truth is a far harder matter to face. Yeah. Quoting Tennyson for you this morning. <laughs> Do you know what? The enemy's got a little bit of a point. But what the enemy is trying to do is trying to say, you haven't got what it takes. There's the evidence, you haven't got what it takes. As if God's ever going to be able to build on you. Look at the state of you. And you have to develop a godly way to, I am going to say, stick two fingers up at the devil, and the next morning you're like, right, my alarm is go, you know, that thing. It, there is no condemnation for those who walk according to the Spirit. There, there is, Romans 8. There is, God doesn't condemn you. It's an invitation. He's saying, Chris, you're lovely as you are. I love you. I adore you. You're coming to heaven. If you die tomorrow, you're coming to heaven. You're like, oh, don't you dare take me yet. There's stuff to do. Come on. There's stuff to do here. And he's like, if you want to get in on that stuff, Chris, I need more of you. I need more of your attention. I need more of your focus. You need to come and be with me. You need to linger. And I need two hours, Chris, one-to-one. Don't come into a prayer gathering and then try and... Oh, I'll use some of that. That's at least half an hour. God said, no, no, no. He was very clear. He knows what I'm like. He was very clear. One-to-one, sunshine. You're like, oh, okay. I have had times where I've turned up at four to seven here in the morning. We need to finish in a minute. I've turned up at four to seven here in the morning. And I've gone and sat somewhere on my own. And I'm just hanging out with Jesus. And then someone comes and talks to me. And I'm like, oh, stop the stopwatch. I don't have a stopwatch. I don't have a stopwatch. <laughs> like, oh, God, does that count? I was really quick with them. No, it's not. It's, I don't do that. It, the two hours really isn't like that. But it's like a, it's a heart thing. And the point is this. I can almost guarantee that God is inviting you into an equivalent space. I don't know what it looks like for you. It might not look like two hours one-to-one. But I do know this. If you want to be right now having a better relationship with God, and by better, you can define it. I want to feel more connected. I want to feel more alive. Do you know, I've hardly seen any miracles. Do you know, in my entire 33 years of knowing Jesus, I've never brought anyone to him. No, 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 no. Whatever it is... You're going to have to start sowing something different to what you're currently sowing. Because if not, what you're currently reaping is the stuff you're sowing. And if you just keep sowing the same stuff, you're just going to keep reaping the same stuff. This is not rocket science. Don't be daft. God cannot be mocked. God, I now want peach trees. And God says, well, stop sowing apple pips then. If you want something different, you're going to have to sow something different, right? This is, this is so straightforward. Um, and it's all in the Bible. I'm not, it's not even me. I'm not even making it up or anything. 
So this is, this is like confessions of a pastor meets, this is what I want, like I'm longing for this. If I, if I die and I haven't seen even half of what God has promised, I am going to be naffed off. I've told him, it's okay, I've told him. And he has the right to take me whenever he wants. The number of my days he will fulfill, that's what he's promised. And while we're at it, I've already decided I don't want to get ill to die. I just want to go home. I know of a story, this is totally unrelated, but I feel like this is for someone in here. I know of a story of someone who's, um, he's well known, but it is irre- that's irrelevant. His mum rung him up that morning and said, son, Jesus has told me I'm coming home today. She wasn't ill, not ill at all. She was old, uh, like, as in elderly, but she, she wasn't ill. Um, and so they agreed a time when the family were all going to come over that morning. I, I don't know, I'm making the time up, like 10, 30, 11 or whatever. Um, she had done what she always does, got up, cleaned the house, swept through downstairs. They all came over. They all had coffee together. They worshipped together. They said goodbye to each other. The mum sat in the chair. She went home. I booked one of them in. Why do we have to surrender and yield to sickness to die? It's, it's not death. It's flipping promotion. It's awesome, right? So, like, I just heartbeat, 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 heartbeat. My spirit lives inside this body, inside this body. Now it's not. What you do in my body, I couldn't care less. Oh, don't cremate me. I don't, I'm, what? I'm up there. I don't, do, do what you like. Do the cheapest, easiest thing. Will I fit in a black bin? Probably not. Uh, don't do that. Don't do that. I think it's illegal. Don't do that. <laughs> but let's just let's stand anyway. Can't believe I'm finishing on that. That's terrible. Let's stand. Let's see if God can recover it. Hang on a minute. <laughs> Oh, God, your thumb. <laughs> God, we just, we like, we hand on heart recognize that we are, in our relationship with you, we're reaping what we've sown. And God, where we want something different, will you just help us? Holy Spirit, will you be like your, uh, our conscience? Will you guide us? Will you steer us? When we're going to do something that we're just being distracted again, Holy Spirit, will you just like nudge us in the side or like clear your throat next to it? Oh, yeah. I thank you, God, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus and walk according to the Spirit. Your word is so clear over that. And God, I'm asking you, Father, please, will you, during this week, remind people of this talk and remind them to go home and get rid of some of their apple seeds and change it for something else? Father, we know that we can stand in here and pray for revival, but some of that is just laziness on our part. Because we reap what we sow. And if we sow into you, we will reap from you. If we sow into the things of the Spirit, we will reap the things of the Spirit. Revival in Ashford is waiting for us. We love you, Lord. We love you.
Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Do take a seat just a second. Um, in case uh, you have... Sorry, the, the microphone's hurt in my ear this morning. Um, I'm assuming the microphone has changed rather than my ear, but anyway. So <laughs> the, um, the f- we did have some flooding. Uh, just family news. We just got literally no time. Um, and it was that corner. So essentially above the, um, above the office upstairs, which is above reception... Uh, that whole corner of the felt on our roof blew off. And so the felt ended up on next door's roof. So they're all right. They had double protection over there. Uh, <laughs> while we had... Um, so we had, we've had a lot of water come in. Uh, and the water has come in. The office is, at the moment, totally unusable. All the ceiling tiles are down, blah, 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 all that. Um, and the toilets upstairs are basically okay. It is, it is that... Corner, the stairwell is not great either. So, uh, the good news is that the, uh, we can go off. <laughs> no, I can't say that in that case. The landlord kindly sent some people along yesterday to help us out. Um, some roofers who came without a ladder. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, we got there in the end. <laughs> and it is now patched up with tarpaulin and will be repaired properly this week. We don't know about insurance or that kind of thing. Do you know what? We do have an insurance. Like, we do have insurance, but we also have insurance. So we're honestly not bothered about it. And there is something, we spoke about this yesterday, that um, Chris had a picture earlier in the week of like, uh, the lying on a, like a beach with the, as the waves are coming in and covering you, and you're just being soaked in it. Ollie Maddox, night before last, had a dream that the warehouse got flooded. Would have been nice if he'd told us. But anyway... <laughs> Um, and sure enough, then it did. I don't know whether it's, it's, it's not God, it's not the... I don't care who it is. It doesn't matter. We got flooded, right? It doesn't matter. The point is this. God is on the move. Yeah. And that flooding speaks of something. And God's saying, are you ready? Because the waves are coming in. The waves are coming in. If you're gonna sow, you've got to make sure you're sowing the right thing. At least sow some trunks. Okay, it's better than a black bin. We're done. Have a, have a great week, everyone. Thank you for listening to Numa Sunday's podcast. For more information, go to numachurch.uk, where you can find more ways to connect with us. Have a great week, and remember you're loved.